Thank you for watching. There is a lot of excitement happening in the real estate market here in Greater Vancouver. The buyer and demand is at a high and there is a limited source of inventory. How do you navigate this market? Our next guest is here to be a pilot in helping you with that and much more. Please help me welcome Marcy Miller. Marcy. Hello. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. This is great. Nice. Now, <clears throat> a lot of excitement in the market. Mm -hmm. And of course, as a realtor here in the Greater Vancouver, mm -hmm. I, want you to, I want you to talk to us about, you know, a little bit about yourself and let's dive into the markets, sure. shall we? All right, yeah. let's start from the beginning. Tell us about you. I am uh, born in Edmonton. Uh -huh. My family, my mom is from Trelawney, Jamaica. My dad was from Kingston and uh, my dad was a welder. So during that time, uh, Fort McMurray was a big place for welders to go work. So my dad was following in the work and that's how we ended up there. Edmonton was a great place to grow up. Uh -huh. um, Unfortunately, my parents got divorced and my mom was a single mom. She's still technically in a foreign country, um, not a lot of education when she came over and uh, she just started working two jobs. She went to school at night and I just was in awe of her, everything that she did. And yes. I think that's where I get my work ethic from and that translates into my real estate business as well. Awesome. <laughs> have you ever been to Jamaica? Yes, I have. Um, I have a lot of family there. Um, and so we would go about every two to three years mm -hmm. and see my grandma and my cousins. I loved it there. I nice. love it there a lot, actually, and I'm hoping to end up back there one day. Nice. <laughs> All right, so you grew up in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. What was life like besides your family? Yeah. What, what was the community? What was it like growing up there, your education and all? Yeah, I, I have to say it was kind of bipolar. You know, um, I grew okay. up in the church, mm -hmm. and so that was a big part of my life every week. And, you know, sang in the choir, was very involved in the church, mm -hmm. and uh, school was tough. There was probably a handful of black kids um, in my school at the time, and it was really difficult because I got a lot of bullying and, and teasing and harassing and fighting and stuff like that, so it was really difficult. Um, so what I decided to do at a young age is I got into sports really young and even to this day They're my family so I could go to school, but I had 11 other people on my side Support system. Yeah, and right that there. really got me through because no one would mess with me because I had this team And For you sports was mainly basketball Mainly basketball. I played I did a lot of track and field. That was my first and foremost. I'm Jamaican from Trelawney, so you've seen Bolts from there, Ben Johnson's from there. Of so yeah, I ran track and I broke some records for sure in that. Nice. Um, but I got into team sports first because I did relay, and I really liked that whole working together as a team to mm -hmm. to achieve this goal. So I got into team sports like volleyball, soccer, basketball ended up being my forever sport, and nice. I played that through high school. I played a few years in college as well. It allowed me to travel, um, I got scholarship, and I also got to spend a lot of time with my sports family, which was amazing. What did you study in school? I went to Nate, which is like BCIT here, mm -hmm. and I got a diploma in biological sciences with a focus on environmental technology. Mm -hmm. And after I finished that, I uh, applied to 
Royal Roads University. Um, it's just outside of Victoria on the island. It used to be an old military college. And uh, I showed up on that campus. There's a castle. There's peacocks walking around. There's like <laughs> waterfalls and gardens. I'm like, how yeah. do people study here? Like right? Nate was beside a highway and a mall and a cemetery. So it was a huge culture shock coming out to BC. It was just so vibrant and lush and warm. So uh, and at Royal Roads, I took uh, environmental sciences and I got my degree in that. Most of the reason I decided to come here, I could have just gone to U of A, mm -hmm. um, but I felt like I wasn't happy where I was and I knew BC had a lot of ethnic cultures out here and I didn't want to stand out anymore. So I wanted to just move away from Edmonton, get a clean slate and here in BC there's many many South Asians, there's um, Chinese, there's um, black people, there's lots of Spanish, there's Persian, and so no one's paying attention to me here, I thought. <laughs> I'm just going to like blend in, but I kind of I came out to BC more as an escape. <laughs> Besides the escape, what path were you on? What career field? What, what were you trying to look into? Yeah, my career path at that time, I was really into laboratory work. I, you're, you're just, you're doing the same thing every day. The same extraction, you're weighing the soil, you're weighing the water, you're you know, making sure your instruments are, wa are working properly. It was the same thing every day. And eventually I kind of got a little bit bored. And there's no one to talk to in the lab, yes. really, because you're focusing, you got acids and very, very dangerous chemicals all around you. And I would start talking to my soil samples. <laughs> and I'd just be talking away to myself. And I realized, I go, I don't think this is the right job for me because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like to communicate. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so that's when the first thought in my head is like I'm gonna to have to transition out of this mm -hmm. and then I started working for the lab as a business development rep in sales mm -hmm. so selling the lab services to big companies corporations more for regulations standpoint for mm -hmm. occupancy for homes mm -hmm. to make sure the asbestos is not in there so I go out and build business uh, throughout, throughout Western Canada and how long did you do that for? I did that for 15 years. 15? Yes. Nice. I did. Nice. Yeah, and I can see that fulfilled something there where you mm -hmm. always engaging. Yes. You know. Yeah, that, that was the great part of it is that I was always engaging, you know, building business, you know, being the ambassador for the, for the company. Yes. And so it was good. Yeah. Um, but in that industry, it's very male dominated. Also being a black person in oil and gas, on top of being the environmental person in oil and gas testing, as well as being a black female in oil and gas testing, the years started to wear on me a lot. And I started to not to feel as accepted, welcomed. And then I decided again, I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is the right place for me anymore. <laughs> so I transitioned out. All right, why did you select, why did you choose real estate? I chose real estate because I had a not so great experience with real estate. I bought my first property here in Vancouver in 2007 and it just was not a positive experience at all. It was scary and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know, end up even knowing what I bought in the end. There's a lot of, I was just in the dark. So that was because A, I bought privately. Okay. Um, to a friend and after that experience I said you know I don't want this to happen to me again so I'm gonna learn everything about real estate so the next time I buy a place I'm gonna know what's going on so what about that experience made it bad for you um, AA overpaid so I wasn't 
shown any comparable pricing and that's what a lot what realtors do they'll say okay this condo is about the same size same area same street same age this is what that sold for so i didn't learn about any kind of comparable pricing so i definitely overpaid i didn't know about reading about the history of the building at the time like strata documents and how important that is to read agm meeting minutes and those kind of things the bylaws the rules those kind of things um, so I could really understand the structure of the building I was buying in. I didn't do a home inspection. That was a definite no-no. But I really just put my trust in my friend and her brother that everything's going to be great. And turns out it wasn't great because I'd been paying special assessment levies for 10 years after that to get the building fixed. Yikes. Yeah. What would have made the difference if you had done your homework or if you had had, had a, a realtor mm -hmm. who was on your side? I would say both. I think I should have had a realtor, absolutely, because they have the expertise and the knowledge and would know which questions to ask. And I should have done my own homework. And I kind of laid back from that because I felt I trusted my friend. Yeah, that was, I learned that if you're going to make a financial decision that's that big, you should have somebody that's experienced in that area to guide you through. And then you said you're gonna become a realtor. Yeah, I, I just said I said the next time I buy something, I want to know what's going on. So I took the course during one of the layoff times, mm -hmm. and I took the course. I finished in six months, and after I finished, I was like, I was fascinated by this whole real estate industry. I was fascinated by the business side, about the construction side, about the health and safety side, and I'm like, maybe I can do this. You know, like maybe this is something I can do. And I made the tough choice to say goodbye to all that I've learned, not all that I've learned from my degree, um, but to say goodbye to oil and gas and the environmental world and start a career brand new. And that was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. It was tough because, you know, having a mom that's an immigrant, you know, when they come over here, they came here to give us a better opportunity, a better right. life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're taught, you go to school, get your degree, get a government job, and, you know, so you're taken care of. You know, you got your pension and you got your steady paycheck. And I did that for my mom, not realizing I was doing that for her because those are her dreams for me. But that wasn't really what I wanted inside. I'm going to walk away from environmental science and I'm going to become a self-employed business person. But you stick it out. I stuck it out, yeah, and I'm so glad I did. Nice. And it's got me right here with you right now. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your real estate yes. experience. Mm -hmm. Do you own your own business? I do own Marcy Miller Real Estate. Um, the logo actually is M squared, mm -hmm. which is my initials, and M squared is a nod to my science background and my science roots. Nice. And um, it's my own business, so that's been very empowering, yes. you know, to make choices for myself. When did you start this business? Marcy Miller Real Estate started in 2014. Okay. And since then, I've been growing as a realtor um, every day. I mostly deal with condos, houses, townhouses. What is your vision and what differentiates you as a realtor here in the greater Vancouver? I think what differentiates me as a realtor is I'm fully 100%. And if you ask anyone committed to this job, this career, this is... This is me. This is my life. And also, my past experience with real estate also um, was a catalyst. You know, I didn't want anyone else to go through what I went through, you know, having buyer's remorse, you know, and 
you know, saving up all that money and going through the financing and all that stuff and feeling disappointed in, in what I purchased. Now I love it, but at the time I was really upset. Right. Um, so I think bringing that personal experience along um, as a realtor, because I've been there, I understand how stressful it can be, mm-hmm. helps me empathize with my clients. What are some of the challenges you have experienced and how you have overcome them in starting and running your business? Some of the challenges would be financial, you know, to start your own business, you know, to put the money into building your brand and getting all the technology that you need and then marketing and everything that was challenging in the beginning. Um, And also it was challenging because I didn't see that many black female realtors here. So I was kind of in the back of my mind, is this going to be a problem? Um, I had a lot of people in my ear that were trying to scare me from following my dreams and like saying you're not going to be successful you're a black female in Vancouver like who's gonna who's gonna work with you nobody's gonna work with you yeah so that was challenging um, to hear that negativity and as well as being on the job there's been several times that I'm waiting outside of a condo complex or a townhouse complex or outside of a house waiting for my client to arrive to show them a home and I've been approached by people asking me what am I doing there do I live in the neighborhood who are you here to see and I'm like, I'm just here to see my client, you know, like, it's tough. Oh, and my favorite is when I talk to somebody on the phone and then I meet them in person, I'd say about 50% of the time they would say to me, oh, you didn't sound black on the phone. So those kind of challenges, you know, have been difficult and now I've learned how to deal with those. All right, tell us how do you deal with it? Well, the one thing that's so important that I love about real estate and my business, it's, it's my business. Mm-hmm. So again, I can choose. Mm-hmm you know, who I want to work with. And if I get any kind of negative vibes from somebody, it's all about connection. Mm -hmm. And if I feel that there's some hesitation there, you know, we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I give a great presentation about my expertise, my knowledge, you know, how I sell a house, how I buy a house, Mm -hmm. everything, how we do the contract. So if it's not any of this stuff Mm -hmm. that's on my presentation, then what is it? And then I ask. And then sometimes the truth does come out. And they're saying, well, I'm just not used to dealing with a black person in this regard. And that's fair, and I, I welcome that. And I said, well, let's, let's change that. Let's work together. And you can see that it's not scary. <laughs> you know, I'm honest. You know, I have a lot of integrity. My mama raised me right, and I love what I do. And I can help them if they let me. Well said. Thank you. Well said. It still, it still stinks sometimes, like, you know, I'm not numb to it, but what I've learned is how I react to it. And that's made a huge difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I'm not gonna get angry or, I used to get really angry and defensive and just say, okay, I'm done with you. That's not, help, that's not helping the problem, me putting my hands up and saying, F you, I'm done. I, I don't need to hear it, you're wrong, you're wrong. And actually sitting down and having a conversation about what is the concern and what are the things they think about me that aren't true mm-hmm. and that's been very rewarding and it's an opportunity for you as well to mm-hmm. to you know educate them if you will or yeah know, and educate myself too them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah absolutely and i think yes. you know my clients do appreciate that and i do have a lot of repeat clients because as a of result. that yes and referrals and mm-hmm. all there is, there is a pandemic going on mm-hmm. that affects people's lives mentally, you know, 
financially, lifestyle change. Yes. How does that affect your business and how are you handling it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, prior to the, the pandemic, that January and February of 2020, things were really looking up. We were on an upswing. And then March, I think it was March 15th or March 20th, I, yeah, when you found out, I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is going to be difficult. And I probably had about two days of self-pity and like, I should have listened to my mom. <laughs> Why did I keep my salary job? You know, I had two days of that panic. And then right after that, I realized people still have to buy and sell. Regardless of a pandemic, people still need to move. So I just pivoted. Mm-hmm my business focus and 2020 was has been one of my best best years actually because i adjusted to the environment and you have to be able to adapt to whatever's thrown at you as a realtor no i see how the pandemic affected your business mm-hmm. but how did it affect the market for buyers and sellers for buyers and sellers that's yeah. a very good question um i think the pandemic what it brought about first is that it made people be more aware or take more value in their home because all of a sudden we're home all the time mm-hmm. so when you're home all the time you kind of start to look around and be like this is my home and this may be my home and the only place i can go mm-hmm. for who knows how long people were you know starting to do home renovations um, I know a lot of people were struggling with job loss or reduced hours, you know, finding childcare and working from home. And some people had to decide, is this home going to work for me in the pandemic? Am I able to have a home office? You know, can my kids have a, somewhere to be so I can work? And so people either were looking to buy because if this is going to be our new normal, mm-hmm. I want to have a, a more comfortable place or be in a different area. Mm-hmm. And also finances, if somebody in the household lost their job or anything, maybe you can't afford that house anymore. Or maybe you want to downsize because maybe you were living at your max mm-hmm. before, you know? And so I made, it made people kind of rethink things. We did see a lot of COVID divorces. So when you put all those into play, it's going to affect the real estate market, and it did. No, as of about December, to January, I've noticed <clears throat> there's a soar in prices mm-hmm. and demand for properties yes. have been like through the roof. Yeah. Why is that? We're seeing that soar in prices and demand because there is some pent up buyer demand from last year. So when COVID hit and people were planning on making a move, they didn't. But now, you know, by December, everyone started to poke their head out a little bit and it's like, okay, it's safe to go outside. You know, they had more certainty with their job or in their situation and their finances. So... And what about the vaccine? Did that... Definitely, you're correct. That around in uh, September, October, when we started talking about vaccine, that really made people feel more comfortable that this isn't... And start to plan more. Plan your future, yeah. Yes. Plan your future. You, so you take up that pent-up buyer demand, because people didn't buy last year, mm. people that didn't, then you include crazy low interest rates we're getting from the Bank of Canada right now. So it's a lot, you can get more money, you can borrow money for less now. This is a great time to get a mortgage and, and set yourself up set yourself up for the future. And also people that were home during this time and doing renos and taking care of their home and we're like, okay, this is a good time for me to upsize 
So I saw a lot of people that were in one-bedroom condos going to two bedrooms, people in two bedrooms going to townhouses, and people in townhouses going to houses. It's a great time to upsize if you needed to. And as we know in Vancouver, you know, especially the city of Vancouver, homes are, can be a little bit tight, right? So with that thought, people started to move out east. So because you can get bigger square footage for less price um, if you wanted to upsize. So we saw Coquitlam take off and... You know, Burnaby, Brentwood area's taken off. Even Chilliwack, Surrey. Surrey as well. Surrey yeah. went crazy. And it was just like, even Maple Ridge. They just wanted a home that can call their own. And that's what we saw. One of the things I've observed is that the prices of houses literally double. Yeah. Uh, prices have, have increased because there are more people bidding on one house. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, the last sale my team lead had, she had 28 offers on one house so when you have people bidding over each other it's going to raise the price up so you can get to that one buyer so that's why we're seeing an increase in price this high demand is it causing any panic in the in the market panic by panic sales would you say yeah probably a little bit of panic um because people that need to buy because either they can't stay where they are a lot of homeowners are selling their homes and and evicting tenants right so People need a, need a place to live, so you can feel panic that way. And then there's a panic on the seller side because you may need to sell because you need the finances, you may need to sell because you're getting divorced, or any kind of situation you may need to sell because you got a new job somewhere else because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. So there's a sense of panic, but what I do is my job is to manage my client's stress. Every decision that you're making is going to be an informed decision, so there's not going to be any need to panic because we're going to sit down and strategize and I'll come up with a, an action plan and and help manage those steps towards their journey. You touch on it a little bit when you talk about helping your clients mm -hmm. to, to remove that stress from them. Now, what are your advice or what strategies should buyers and sellers have right now when they approach the market? Well, I think the number one strategy is to interview who I call is the big three. This is the big three for your real estate transaction. The big three are a realtor, your mortgage broker, and your notary slash lawyer, your legal representation. Those three people are on your team to get you what you want. So these three people are very, very, very significant. And I would advise buyers and sellers to interview a few realtors, you know, just sit down with them, talk with them, you know, they may be like well-renowned, you know, and really popular, but do you have a connection and vibe with them? Do they understand your needs? And, and in regards to mortgage brokers, I always advise, you know, get a rate from your bank and then get a rate from a private mortgage broker. Like you get quotes and see which one works best for you. And then for the legal and notary, you can go with a lawyer or you can use a notary to handle the legal aspect. And um, it's your discretion, whichever one you choose, and also sit down with them and, and find out like how busy are they? Like, are, are you gonna get like put underneath a file, like a pile of files, you know, and, and how they work and the communication? So that's my advice: is to really get to know the people that are going to be on your team. Get the stats for your neighborhood. Get the sales activity information for your neighborhood or the areas of interest and to do their homework as well, you know? And they can, they can research A by, you know, talking to realtors and mortgage brokers, but look online, the Real Estate Council of BC, 
is a great site um, for information. Also the Real Estate Board of um, Greater Vancouver. And just to be careful where you're getting your information if you are shopping online for that. Now, looking at your career, working in the oil industry mm -hmm. and also in real estate, mm -hmm. what would you say is your, is your biggest accomplishment or what stood out most to you? Wow, that's a big question. Um, what stood out most for me was I didn't give up. Making that choice to switch careers so later in life, which is scary too, and persevering. You know, there's times where you kind of want to give up because you're like, I'm not making very much money right now. I'm putting out a lot of money and it's scary and... And you, and you lose a lot of time because this job can be 24-7 if you let it, right? But my accomplishment is I didn't give up and I'm thriving now. And I'm very, very happy about that. You mentioned it a bit that it can be a 24-hour job, uh, career. Mm -hmm. How much time do you spend in, on your business and what's your work-life balance look well, my first, probably first four years of my career, I didn't have a work-life balance at all. It was just work. Um, as I said, this job can be 24-7 if you let it. Um, so creating boundaries with clients, as you know, after 7 or 8 o'clock at night, if you send me a message, I probably won't get back to the morning where before I'd just be like, yeah, I'm totally on it. I'm, you know, whatever you need. And also finding the right brokerage really helped because the brokerage I'm with, Keller Williams, focuses on the realtor and how important it is for us to take care of ourselves spiritually, physically, mentally, spiritually, like everything, socially. They really ingrain that and the culture at Keller Williams promotes realtors taking care of themselves too. And that's why I love that brokerage very much. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So what's the future look like for you? The future looks great. I would like to continue to grow my business mm -hmm. um, over the next five to ten years and I also want to do more work with uh, work more with um, immigrants coming to Canada that are looking to buy um, as they come into the country or you know after their PR or anything like that. I want to work more closely with women and young women too, to empower them that they can take their financial futures in their own hands. Even if you're not ready to buy or ready to sell, you can always have a conversation with me wherever you are in your journey. If you don't even know where to start, call me because I will set you up on the right track. You can call me anytime in your journey in regards to any questions and you know as a realtor I'd like to be a resource to, to as many people as I can. Are there ways you are giving back to your communities? Absolutely. Are you part of any you know, outreach program? Yeah, absolutely. Um, community outreach is very important to me. You know, as I mentioned earlier, growing up in Edmonton, we had to rely on a lot of these services, you know, for food and clothes and those kind of things. So I definitely am involved in community outreach. I do some work with Pathways to Education, which is a organization that mentors uh, downtown Eastside mm -hmm. Strathcona high school students mm -hmm. um, before they finish high school to talk about career choices and career planning. Um, I also have done some work with um, um, the Battered Women's Shelter, as well as the Food Bank. And um, actually, Keller Williams has a day every year called Red Day, 
and Red Day stands for Renew, Energize, and Donate. It's the second Thursday in May, and all the Keller Williams offices worldwide shut down that day so us realtors can give back to our community. So we did a lot of landscaping, pressure washing schools, you know, went to senior facilities and played music for them and painted, you know, painted inside anything that they needed help with. Coming up next is our summer picnic uh, drive-by since it's COVID. So we do that for our community uh, for holidays events. So we're going to be giving out uh, little bag picnic lunches and stuff so you can Come by, drive by our office, pick up your, your bag lunch, your summer picnic lunch. Um, that's happening in June. So that'll be a really exciting time um, for that. So, and we have a lot of events happening in that neighborhood. So feel free to stop in any time to say hello to all of us. How can, how can anyone reach you, whether they want to support you in any way or have any question they would have for you? Um, there's many ways you can support me, um, and that is just by sharing my name with your, your friends, your family, and your colleagues. And, you know, when you think about real estate, you think about Marcy. That's how my business is built on referrals, and that's how I've been successful this, thus far. My website's marcymiller.com, and uh, you can find me there. Also, uh, what kind of support do you currently have? Um, I've been really fortunate to get some amazing support. I just recently joined an amazing team because I was a solo agent before um, called the Kim Buna Group. And it's an amazing team run by my managing broker and one of the operating principals of the Keller Williams uh, office in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And it's completely enhanced my, my business and my, and my life. Um, they are also amazing mentors and leaders in our community in regards to real estate in Vancouver, and very diverse group, which is also what I like. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Marcy, now, is there anything else you'd like to add, say, we didn't cover so far? Any final words? One uh, thing that I'm, I'm hoping to build on and get more involved in is realtor safety, especially realtor safety for women. You know, we pretty much talk to strangers every day. We're meeting strangers every day. So there are times when it can be a little bit scary or sketchy or anything like that. So I've organized at my brokerage uh, a safety or, uh, presentation and we had the police come in. We had some self-defense classes done um, and just tips for realtors on how to be safe while we're out in, in the community. Also, I think it's important to to the community and to the public to see that there's room to grow in regards to black representation in business, especially black represent representation in real estate. Um, and I think one of the ways we can do that is by working with each other. You know, I call it allies, ambassadors, partners, you know, someone I can help build, help their business, they can help my business. Or because I think a lot of the stereotypes that are out there in regards to race can be squashed if we just started doing business with each other more often. You know, if we all start to work together, then hopefully those race walls will come down and they'll see me, not just my skin. And I want to be a role model to younger kids to say, you know, maybe I could be a realtor. You know, they can see people of color in positions that maybe they never saw before. And I think that's really important for our kids to see these days. Love what you're doing and thank you for sharing so much information about the real estate because, you know, 
lots of questions, lot of concerns right now in the market. Yeah. And you have provided some really good information. Thank you. Really, really good information. And thank you all for watching. I hope you find today's discussion inspiring and informative. If you have any questions regarding your real estate decision, please call Marcy or email her. You may check her out on our website. Share your comment. What did you find most inspiring about today's discussion? Check us out on YouTube, Ledeboer Academy, or Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you see us. Ledeboer Academy. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time. You. Bye for now. Marcy Miller of Marcy Miller Real Estate. When you think about real estate, think about Marcy. Robbie here from Ledeboer Academy and you are watching Profile.